When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Copy Podcast. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to the Copa podcast. It is the Palace match reaction show. Crystal Palace 1, Liverpool 2. We're going to get into that before we get stuck into... Feels like a bit of a yeah dead rubber game. USG would already qualify top of the league, whatever. But we're, we'll talk about what the average age in that lineup's going to be. Probably 16 and a half or 17, hopefully. Rest all the big guns. Uh, but before we get into it all, I'm joined by Christian. As always, Christian, how are you doing, lad? Yeah, good. Um, nearly Christmas time, so getting there, kind of looking forward to be off work for like two weeks and just do nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's always good, isn't it? Yeah, and it's loads of football as well during this period. So you know, being off work and having loads of football to watch and enjoying food and time with family, it's it's quite great to be honest. Yeah, Be- Bev, it's a good opportunity just to put on loads of weight, isn't it? Bevies, <laughs> mince pies, whatever, yeah, whatever you good. whatever you want. I still do my walks, I guess, to keep it, you know, level at least. And then when yeah. the New Year's come, then you have to start a bit harder, I guess. And to get in shape for next time I'm coming over for uh, pub crawls in Liverpool and get some weight on again. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> like, go to Liverpool, get some weight off. Go to Liverpool, get some weight off. Yeah. Just because you're constantly just trying to fight the weight off, ready for your next trip over. Yep. Life circle. There's worse, there's worse ways to live, lad, than that, to be fair. Um, but you mentioned like all the footy over the Christmas period, and of course, like, it was like a test event uh, at Anfield last night, which is quite funny. I didn't manage to go because I didn't get there, and I couldn't get there in time, but um, saw some clips and like Klopp talking about like going to Burnley on Boxing Day, and there's, there's better, <laughs> what a way to spend Christmas and all this. And just like, of course, like, people are going to film it, and there's a bit of outrage online, and it's it's quite funny just to laugh at, and talking about like Caicedo and... Lavia indirectly, <laughs> they're not signing them, whatever. But like, you know, Klopp, he's always he never pulls punches, and he he's he's always honest, and that that's one of the main reasons why we love him because he is straight to the point. And even yeah. if he's taking the piss a little bit tongue in cheek, you've just got to be like, well, it's not that deep. It just yeah, just it is most of it is a joke or partly a joke. Um, I I just love that he entertained the people that was there with what he said about like. Cancelo and Lavi, obviously, that's where the players that he that he was, you know, um, without saying names. I just like the way he, you know, sense of humor for the crowd, and you know, just saying what's on his heart, you know, uh, but with, a, you know, with a little blink of an eye, and not being too serious. But I like it, you know, that's entertainment, and it's like you said, that's why we love him, and you know, it obviously will be a story out of it, and we'll come out on Twitter and stuff, and there will be different opinions, but you know. 
I like that he's being just genuine and personal. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, I think in the group chat, like, and we mention this group chat every every week. If you want to join the group chat, you can just let us know. Um, like people just like it's their moments. It's not like you feel it after you're winning games and you're winning trophies and that. But it's the little things like that where people in the group chat were saying like, "Oh, it's what are we going to do when this fella leaves?" Like he just he gets us that much, and he's like he's just he's just a a boss man, and he just fits us perfectly and it is going to be yeah i don't even want to think about it hopefully we've got a few more trophies in the in the bag before before that day happens um but yeah let's get let's get stuck into yeah the mad mad palace game it was just a proper liverpool just in a weird way at the minute where roller coaster of emotions not playing well at all but still managing to win games of footy and it's all that more sweeter when you come through games of that and you win especially when you get an a stoppage time winner like there's there's no better feeling and there's no there's no better way to win a footy match but it was a it was a mad game and before we get into the game like we always do let's let's talk about the lineup because we went with Allison Trent, Kwanzaa, uh Van Dyke, Simicast, Gravenberg, Endo, Sobersly, Salah, Nunes, Diaz. So Kwanzaa came in. I think it was ru- rumored a couple of hours before the game, even the day before the game, that he might be coming in with Canate on the bench, which I was. I think I guess surprised that, but also the more I thought about it, the more I could get on board with it to keep Canate fit. Um, and then we saw yeah Endo um, start as well, which was an, again a boost for him. And uh, hopefully, well, I don't think he played that well in the game. He had a few iffy moments, but I was hoping it was going to be another boost for him just to give him some more game time. But looking at the lineup when it came out, were you were you happy with how we were setting up for that one? Yeah, you know, the only surprise uh, was Kwanzaa and Endo, I would say, uh, without being disrespectful. Obviously, you know, Kwanzaa has already done it very well for us in the games that he played, very mature for his age. So I didn't feel nervous about him playing, you know, but it's still maybe, you know, the, you know, in terms of experience, the weakest link. But, you know, the way he plays and being so mature, you don't feel nervy about it. But that's what you see when you see a starting lineup, when you used to see the names of Matip Kanate and even Joe Gomez, to be honest. And obviously, Ando's been playing well. And now he came in and got the chance to start playing defensive midfield role. And uh, like you said, he didn't have had his best game. I thought he was very slow with the ball and in situations, you know, lost it uh, quite many times. Uh, was lucky in a few situations as well. Uh, obviously, with what we will talk about with their situation when they got the penalty, but it was um, corrected by VAR and stuff. So when I looked at the Starting eleven like that with them two being the surprise plays, if you like. I, I wasn't, you know, uh, nervous or anything. I thought, you know, it's a great team on the paper. Still got the firepower up front, um, and obviously Tsimika's been playing now, and Robertson's been out and doing it better and better. So, you know, when you look at every time Liverpool's going to play a game, there's never any feeling that oh shit, this is weak. We always look that we are very very strong, and I'm very pleased with that because it makes me feel more comfortable and I, I'm sure it makes the players altogether feel more comfortable as well when they're going out to play a game. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's it's sort of that again, like you said, it fills me with confidence, but just the way we're playing at the minute doesn't because it doesn't seem like we're getting those attackers in the game as much as we we need to. And like you said, Endo too slow a moment. And that that kind of brings us on to the penalty shout that that they have and I think it um yeah uh, it's a clear foul like there's no doubt that it's the correct decision but just a few moments before that there's a few times where Endo was getting it and he's just just slightly taking a little bit too long like I think when 
it's good having him there because he's a bit more of a destroyer than McAllister is. I mean, I don't know if the stats reflect that, but just when the feel of watching the game, it feels like he is a little bit more. McAllister is more of a, of course, like a ball player and wants to play further up the field. But when you've got McAllister in there, he, he can have them issues because we saw it in, in games. It was Brighton, but that kind of happens where he gets where he gets um, tackled and they score. But he releases the ball a little bit quicker and, and keeps his ticking over the tempo a little bit faster, whereas Ender wants to take a touch. And I think that's, again, We've, we say it every week, like this team's still new, Endo's still brand new, he's still getting to grips with this league and all the different stuff, so that that'll hopefully come the more more games he plays. It's only going to happen if he plays more games, so sometimes we need to go through these bad bad games or whatever just to, for him to come out the other end and be better for, better for it. So, But the penalty was a, was a mad one, because I think 29th minute, and you're thinking... All before that, you're just watching the game and you're like, what are we doing? Like, you just like, there's no energy. It's just pass side to side. And there's no, there's no, we couldn't get the attack in the game. Diaz is coming in field. He's basically running inside like he always does when there's, when he's got no other option to do anything else. And then the penalty is just like a culmination of us not, not playing well. And it goes through and, and it's, it's a foul by Van Dyke, but then they, they pull it back, of course, and they'll get fouled by, Hughes in the build-up, and at that point, you're like, right, that's a, it's the correct decision. So it's not, it's not a let off or whatever. But in terms of like psychologically in the game, it's a, it is a let off because you've like you've you've been given a chance here to, um, it's the scores nil nil, um, and you can and you can you can crack on from there and and, and play better. But it just didn't seem to go that way the first half and, and and most of the second half to be honest it was just a bit of a mad performance but I was happy and I'm sure you were as well like the penalty was rightly overturned yeah you know in the moment when it first happened and watching it on TV uh you, you don't think it is a you know a bad foul it's a 50-51 when you see it you know when it happens and I thought you know okay that's a penalty and you know yellow car for Van Dyke and they probably go one nil up, and it's you know, and like you said, we've been playing really, really bad uh, up until then, and didn't find our ways. Couldn't you know combine midfield with the front three? Never really been able to go through them or try to hurt them. Like it felt like a very you know, they were very compact. Felt like a very slow game from our perspective. Didn't get the ball uh, rolling for us and didn't have creative runs or anything, you know, in, in behind in spaces. So when that happened, you felt like oh, it's one of them where you have to go behind, you know, and then try to to uh, turn the game around again. But then when you see the replay, it is a foul. You don't know that about it because he's he's been, you know, tackling the in the back and then obviously he takes out his legs as well because he covers the ball very good. Uh, the, the only problem is though, like you. You mentioned McAllister before. With McAllister, you get someone who's so much better on, you know, turning players around, keeping the ball, and then get space uh, in front of him to try, you know, to find a forward pass. Ender's really good with passes for him as well, but it's just one of them when he, he receives the ball, having the back against the opponents, he's, he's slower in the turns and. I think McAllister is also one of them players who already knows more where he play where the, his teammates are around him when he receives the ball, so he know what to do. And though seems like, like you said, he needs another touch, doesn't control it, and that's what causes the, the the situation in the first place. So luckily now he got away with it because it was a foul and didn't get the penalty. Um, so I agree with you when when they you know when VAR was looking at that, and even if it took you know the referee ten uh, years to watch the screen. Uh, when everyone else could just, you know, see that it's a foul, you know, sh- come on, uh, keep uh, the game going. Uh, 
I think that we got like a second chance, like you said, uh, because now we were like, all right, we got away with that one correctly, which was good. But now we need to step it up and, you know, get some pace on this and, you know, try to make the ball do the work and do more runs and fight for it. Because, you know, Crystal Palace away is not an easy one. And I just thought, you know, we, we need to try to get the three points here and then we need to step it up, especially it would be nice to see before half time, but it's certainly after in the second half. Yeah, and like you said, this the stuff that was going on for them off the field, like missing players like Mitchell and Eze and players like that, that in a weird way that galvanized them even more because they were like, well, and I think like even like pre-match their players were talking about like aggression, like Roy Hodgson was talking about like being aggressive on the front foot, and that seems to be the way teams want to do it against us. If you just be extra aggressive and to the second balls and whatever, you can you can cause us problems, and that's what's been happening, unfortunately. I think them, like I said, miss, them missing players helped galvanize them a little bit and make made them a little bit more structurally and defensively strong. Which, again, when Liverpool aren't on firing on all cylinders, it was it wasn't too difficult for them to contain us because they they were in, just in formation ready for us. Um, and yet we get to like I said, so we get to half time nil nil, and when you look at the like stats, like I had a quick look. At, I've had a look, quick look now, and I had a quick look at the time just because, like, I was like, have we had a shot on target? We didn't even have a shot on target in that first half. And you're like, two off target, they have one on target. And we didn't even mention the Allison save, by the way, which was just absolutely ridiculous. Like, again, like, he's, we, we say it, I mean, Keller is great in that, but having Allison fit is like the difference between, like, I don't know. Seven, eight, nine, ten points a season. Like that's that's how much you can you can get get you. Because if that one go, if that goes in, then you one 0 down. You're facing an uphill task. You've got more time to get back in the game. But it's just like he provides those moments of genius. And I've never seen a goalie like him. And and he's rightly getting the plaudits online. Like people, a journalist saying like he's he shouldn't be compared to the goalies. Like he's he's peerless. He, he's in a league of his own and all the stuff that we've said for ages. And now I think like the rest of the league. Are slowly starting to realise like he has moments and issues maybe when he's kicking the ball out, but in terms of stopping shots, which is what keepers need to do, by the way, that's the main function. He is the best at it, and it's not even close. So that that factor then as well, like I guess the penalty and the and the save is, I guess going into half time, you're then thinking, well, that, that's not it's not too bad, <laughs> um, all things considered, like in in the in the long haul. Um, but then we get into the second half, and yet. You're hoping for like a, you're hoping for a bit of like more energy. Um, Endo comes off like we said. He was having a few issues in the game and stuff in terms of like you said, like maybe his back to play and like just trying to keep the ball moving a little bit. Joe Gomez comes on Trent then goes into mid into midfield directly, which we've seen this season as well. And I thought Gomez when he came on was just giving us that natural energy and giving us a bit more width down that side as well, which I think we needed because we. Like as I said before, with Diaz comes inside, and you've got Salah who comes inside, you've got Trent who's coming inside, you've got Simicas who's trying to go outside. When you've got two fullbacks who are willing just to go down the sides, it is like I guess what Liverpool used to do, where we'd just over stay right out wide and, and play the balls out into those areas. So I think when we had Gomez in that area, I don't think he's that he's filled himself with um, confidence from the left back um, games he's played. But in terms of right back, when he came on, I thought we just looked a lot. Just looked a, looked a bit cleaner, and we just looked a bit we had, we had a bit more energy about ourselves. Yeah, I think we are looking more as a threat when he plays on that uh, position, especially though when um, 
Trent goes into midfield, obviously. Uh, but, you know, it's more natural for him, obviously, with the right foot. Um, and, you know, we've got the pace and the strength to play there. So I think we we become more of a, you know, we are not as predictable in one way. We can go wide on the both sides, like you mentioned. And also we've got the creativity from Trent going into midfield. And I think, you know, he's, he's also keeping things simple. And I like that because he knows his, you know, his... Um, his qualities and his limits, like he's not Trent in the sense of, you know, passing the ball or maybe hitting the ball and run past the defender. But, you know, when he runs into space and gets a great pass into that space and he can just put a, like a, a cross in, even if it's on the floor or if it's, you know, in the air, I think it's always producing something that can be dangerous for us and or it's a corner or whatever. So I think, you know, if we want to play Trent Moore in midfield from the start in certain games, Joe Gomez is, you know, perfect backup to play in that uh, right back uh, position. So, you know, all praise to him. I think it was really good. Uh, and I think we were better from there, even though we still, I don't think we still ha- don't didn't still have the energy and it wasn't the restart that we wanted, uh, but it gave us something else that we needed in the long run anyway. Yeah, definitely. We might as well jump straight to the the penalty stuff because it's yeah, it is hilarious, really. When it is a, I don't know. I've I've only seen one angle of it. And it look it looks like a pen, but then I think Mateta was diving all over the gaff all game. He was trying everything, and it just makes me laugh when we come to the second yellow and and whatever. Like and Hodgson saying like the game's gone and all this. He's like, well. Could have had loads. Your your lads could have had loads more yellow cards for dives and whatever in the game. So you've got to <laughs> think about that as well. Um, but yeah, it's Quanza. He, he's he's trying to be honest and clear the ball and whatever. And Mateta comes in and gets there just before him. He click clicks his clips his foot, clips his back of his leg, his calf or whatever, and he goes down. Of course, he's going to go down. He knows he's in the box. He's got every every striker is going to do the same because they know. Even with minimal contact, VAR slowed down to the nth degree. And looking at it for forty-five minutes, they're gonna the refs and the VAR are gonna give it eventually. Um, but it's, I guess, you just one of them where you're like, it, I guess it is a pen. But it's the, I think it was one one minute and forty-five seconds between that. The play didn't, the play didn't even stop. The ball hadn't even gone out. The referee just blew the whistle and was like, "Oh, I need to stop it here." And it's just like, that's fine or whatever. But it, that needs to be done. Like. like Stop the game and then decide. Don't let the game kick off again. Or like, just like go right. I need to stop it the earliest point and let's wait and see. If it's a pen, then you crack on. But all the variables that could have happened in that one minute forty-five. What if we would have went down the other end and scored? What if exactly. someone would have like all these things you're thinking about? What could have happened in that in that space? A right red there? card or whatever. So if yeah. we score, the goal sound, but then they're having a penalty straight from the kickoff. Then it's our kickoff. Like how how is it working? Like it's there's so much yeah. th- there's so much shit going on, and you think about. Of course, you go instantly go back to the Spurs game where we didn't get a didn't get a goal, which has just never happened before, and everyone it's just ridiculous even now to think about it. And then this, they've they've obviously changed stuff because of that, and I hate that word. The reason that it's had to change because I wish it was someone else, and then we benefited from it because it never never seems to be the way around. But that the whole thing's a bit of a mess. But I guess technically, I thought it was a pen. It's a good penalty and whatever. And I, th- I think Palace probably deserved to go on a look, like I mentioned with the stuff in the first half, the Allison save, and we we just looked zapped of energy. They looked like they were up for a fight. Like I said, missing players and they were galvanized, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I guess on the face of it, it was deserved in a in a weird way, and a, and a, and a, and a much needed kick up the ass for us to try and get ourselves back in the game as well. 
Yeah, and you know, coming back to that situation there, I think you know when I see it, uh, I think it's a penalty. I, I can't, I can't, you know, say anything against that. Like if they check it and be like, yeah, okay, if that was so, I was, I would be shouting for a penalty as well. It's just like you said, they they need to stop the game at the first instance that the VAR are picking up a situation where they think like, okay, we need to check this because it looks like it could be a foul in the penalty box. So then. I want the referee to stop the game straight away. As soon as he hears something, you're saying this is a potential, you know, penalty. Just a little whistle and just inform it's a VAR check. So, like you said, what if we would have scored in that one minute and 45 seconds? Or if there was a tackle, there could have been a red card or whatever. Or even if they would have scored. Like, should they then not have that goal and then have the penalty instead? Because that was the moment of play. You can't just take away the penalty shout then, and even if they score, because you can't say like, well, they scored and they, because, oh, well, we could have said the penalty. It's very weird and needs to be very, you know, um, very much correct. And I'd rather have them stop the play, you know, straight away. So, but yeah, it was a penalty. Uh, you know, it's even, you know, Alison is the, the world's greatest goalkeeper. It's just one of them where it's a penalty. You can't really maybe do something about it. They go one nil up, and I just felt then it's like, oh, you know, I think we're not gonna come out come come out from this game with anything because it's just one of them where you feel like we don't create anything. We're not, you know, like I said, we're not running enough. We don't have the, sp- the speed enough in our game. It's just one of them where you just probably have to accept it. And you know, I was. I wouldn't say feel feel depressed, but I was just one of you know. It's one of them moments where you just you know when you just sigh, you'd be like ah, you know, in front of you, you'd be like fucking hell, because you you feel at that point every time you go into a game, you look forward to Liverpool play nowadays. But at that time, I would be like fucking, hell, I could have done so something much you know better with this time because this is fucking waste of time watching this shit. Um, that's what I felt at that time anyway when that happened with VAR, the penalty, and they went one 0 up, and I just felt we're probably not going to score anyway. You know what's funny though, because like I reckon we could go. I mean, hopefully, one of the ten games and we win. Not in this fashion, but I reckon if we went another five games and we went one nil behind and we played the exact same way that we have been, I would even like after like ten games, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that we were going to win it because we don't ever look like we've got enough energy in the tank to create stuff because it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be happening at the moment. It doesn't seem to be clicking fully. Which I guess when if we. I mean, God forbid we we don't play well and and then don't win games. That's that's obviously a massive issue. But I think, and I, I just never feel like we're gonna. I've got like a faint, faint hope that we might get a goal at some point and then slowly get our way back into the game. But I'm never like, all right, well, one nil down, we're gonna win anyway. Like I think it, like we used to maybe like title season where we if we went one down, we'd like, well, Sam will score soon anyway. It doesn't matter. We haven't got the same confidence yet. And again, it comes back to. New new players, two point war, all that stuff like Klopp year one, like all the stuff that Klopp's been saying. Like it's an it's a new bunch of lads in the in the midfield area and, and on the periphery as well that can <clears throat> come in and, and help and it's still new early days to them, so it's still gonna be a different task and a different um style of play needed to to get back in the game. But we get back into the game we did, of course, the pen. The pen goes in. Um we bring on we bring on Gakpo and Canate, um, and then we bring on Curtis Jones, and we bring on Harvey Elliott, who both get involved in um, the goals we're going to talk about. But just after they come on, yeah, the stuff that's been floating around on, yeah, just in the studio on on the on the day, like on the on the telly and online, of course. You like, hey, you get a second yellow, and it's like, well, in what world? 
are you watching him with footy? He's on a yellow. He stops a counter attack, and you're not given a yellow card and a second yellow. It's just it's just baffling to me. If that was if that was Nunes, and I, I think I said this in the group chat, if that was Nunes and he was on a yellow and he stopped a counter attack, their fans and players, Roy Hodgson himself would have been absolutely livid asking for a second yellow for Darwin Nunes. And if we would have got it, we couldn't have been. We couldn't have. We could have complained, but we wouldn't have mattered because by the letter of the law, and especially the law these days, which is just a no one knows what it is anymore. But if you stop an account attack and you're on a on a yellow, it's still a foul, and it's still you're stopping a counter attack. So it's a second yellow. So the, the whole like stuff after it, where people are like, "Oh, it was harsh," and like Roy Hodgson saying, "Oh, he's questioning like his happiness in the game and all this like dramatic stuff," is just like that's fine if. What you're on about and what you're talking about wasn't the correct decision, but it was, and I think that that's the that's what made me laugh so much when you've seen all this outrage online and whatever. Um, and I think I think me and you both said the same. We kept saying it's the same things to each other in the group chat, which was even funnier. But I think we said the same thing again after that, where we were like, "But this makes it even harder because <laughs> we're like <laughs> Liverpool aren't playing well. They're just going to defend even more." And it's like that's like now in a way I was like, well. They're gonna win one. They'll know because in a weird way that, that it, yeah, that's gonna be even galvanised them even more, and we're not gonna have have a chance to get in behind or make chances, or whatever. And, and and you felt the same, didn't you? Yeah, you know, we we know that obviously they're gonna you know stand more solid together, you know, be more tight to stand more defensively, going on the counter attack whenever they get they get a chance. So even though you feel like you know uh, 11 versus 10 should be uh, beneficial for you it's not always that the case depending on how you play obviously and your tactics and stuff and what kind of players you have but because they already had loads of good players out injured you know they were their tactics was to you know be very hard robust and just stand their ground really um but on the yellow card, you know, the first one where, you know, Van Dijk, I didn't even see that situation until I saw it back, to be honest, because I probably were, you know, uh, busy doing something with the daughters. They probably, you know, said something at that time, wanted some fucking candy or sweets or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, so when I, I didn't understand first that he already had a yellow card. So for me, it was like, it's a yellow card. And I didn't, you know, understand that it was going to be sent off at that point so for me just to see that that he hindered like an uh, a counter-attack for us it, for me it was a yellow card so when you say it like that it's second yellow card it doesn't mean it's harsh it's a yellow card for interrupting the play and the chance of going on a counter-attack and actually get a chance on goal so you know uh end of that discussion so he sh- should be sent off nothing more more uh about that really um but yeah, and then obviously what happens later is just uh, brilliant when we see what uh, Mo Salah uh, creates for us, obviously, with his 200th goal. Yeah, and I, I think what Hodgson was saying as well is like, so he, he gets his first yellow on the 60th minute because, and players do this all the time. They, they can see the free kick, then they stand they stand in front of the um, they stand in front of the ball and like don't don't allow the ball to be kicked. So Van Dijk just kicks at him and then he get, and Ayo gets a yellow card because of that. I was like, well, I encourage that because if players are going to make a foul and st- to stop play, then also stand in front of the ball to stop play being played. It's just the equivalent of kicking the ball away. You're trying to waste time. You're trying to stop the opposition. And it's all tactics that have happened in the past and been on going on for years. But they're cracking down on that stuff. So that's yellow and the counter-attack's yellow. So it's a red card. Yeah. I, I just don't... I'd, I'd understand the percentage if it was a bit iffy, but it was the two yellows. And I think that's, that's just like... It just baffles me that people are talking about it as a point. Um, but like you said, Salah, then within one minute, we get the 
after all of us saying like, oh, it's going to be hard. This like this is even more difficult. Like I don't fancy us to get like even one goal here. We go and score within a minute and just shut us all up, and we all went crazy, of course. And it's solid, and it's a a lovely little bit of play when it drops to Curtis Jones. He then gets snapped in the box, by the way, by Joel Ward, who's on a yellow, by the way. So that's a whole another conversation. Like, do you ignore that? Do you ignore the goal and just go, well, that's still a foul? Obviously, the goal still counts, but then do you, do you then to go up to Joel Ward and go, well, that was still a yellow card offence? Or what they, do, what they seem to do is just ignore that and because we scored the, that bit of play, is ignored is ignored like but then that, it's like yeah it's weird that but then it, it opens up a whole other thing where like we were saying like in that one minute 45 we're like looking at var if so in that period like what what can you do so like is it out can you go and fly and kick someone in the face like jackie chan style can you go and like i don't know like Cantona free kick, um, kung fu kicker, a fan in the crowd. What, what, what can't you do in that in that period? Obviously, I'm being, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I'd love to know like what the guidelines are there because if he snaps Curtis Jones there and like breaks his ankle, is that a second yellow? Then I, I, I don't know what the, I don't know exactly what the laws are, but I just found it a little bit mad. But fuck it, that anyway because that's a whole different conversation. Salah gets the goal and it's his two hundredth, and he's been waiting for it for. For ages, it feels like, I mean, it's not that long, really, because Salah scores quite often, but he gets the goal and celebrates, and it's a it's a boss moment, and you're thinking then, <clears throat> 76 minute, you've got plenty of time, or at least enough time to get, a, to get a second, and especially, like you said, when we were worried about getting the first goal, but once you've got that first goal up against nine men, it becomes a little bit of a, more of an easier task to move the ball around and have a bit more energy about you, and it was just a, it was just a boss moment for, for us to get the goal and for Salah, for Salah to be the person to get it. Yeah, you know, he's a, he, we already mentioned he's a legend and he'll always be a legend for us. But now he reached that, you know, landmark 200 goals and 150 in the Premier League. You know, it's he's, he's, he's at that list as well, just at the same as Michael Owen, I think, with 150s. You know, he will, you know, surpass him. Uh, and it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just great in the terms of how many games he also played. Like, you, you know, if you compare, you know, he's played so much, you know, less games than many others in that list of Liverpool history when it comes to, you know, scoring goals. So he's a goal-scoring machine. He always, he can have bad games, but always brings points. That's the thing. Like, you just want them kind of players in your team because they will always bring something if it's an assist, if it's a goal, or if it's, a, you know, uh, working hard to create for others to, you know, get a chance and space. Um, you know, we already have all the the, the great words for him, uh, and I'm just very pleased that he's, uh, you know, ours, if you like, and you know, for him to score as well, that kind of goal that we needed now, uh, you know, it was brilliant. And again, you know, I, I think you know with the with the tackle that happened as well uh, on Curtis Jones, just quickly, like it's a very hard, you know way of understanding what's going on with rules because I, I I agree with you and I'm not gonna get stuck on it. But it's just one of them where might have might it have been more beneficial for us to have another red card and a penalty, score a penalty and then play eleven versus nine. Or would we have that penalty and miss that penalty but still play it against you know, obviously we can only just think about what could have happened. But it's just are you allowed to do them tackles just because we scored? Is, is it going to be ignored? So I agree with you. It's a very difficult one where they need to start having some kind of fucking structure of what's going on because, you know, it's 
now we scored anyway and we were already like one man more than them but it's a, it's a difficult one what what would have helped us in the long term because i said also when we scored that one one goal like i said something on twitter it needs to be at least 10 minutes added on here for all the injuries and shit and it was actually 12 in them so i was like we're gonna have plenty of time from this one one to score yep. another one and go and win it so i was hoping for it now when we already were one man more than them so yeah well yeah it's we i mean all the time like with the keep it down it was down for a bit weren't he, and stuff like that so there was obviously going to be i thought they were going to short changes a little bit to be honest but they never so f- fair enough and we, we had plenty of time to get back and, and just on most i'm going to rob one of mike's tweets for mike reed from opta who does the stat show with me i'm just going to rob one of them because i'll probably talk to him about it but i just thought i wanted, wanted to read it out because it's so good mo salah is the fifth player to reach 200 goals for liverpool in all competitions it has taken him 26,633 minutes to reach 200, the quickest in the club's history. So, yeah, 26,633, Mo Salah. The closest to him was Roger Hunt on 26,931. Rush done it in 28,865. So he's done a 2,200 minutes quicker than Ian Rush, which... It's ridiculous. It really is. Like the, the rate of goals like Ian Rush scored is of unfortunately too young to watch to to see him live and all that. But I wish I wish it was. But he was we all know how good Ian Rush was and Salah's just again another another reason why I mean getting two hundred itself, but also to get there the quickest in the quickest minutes is just again, it just it just conveys how alien Mo Salad is and how how good he is. Um but yeah, it's funny because Roy Hodgson gets a yellow card two minutes after that, so he's still complaining because he doesn't think it's his second yellow. Then we score, so he's he's fuming even more, which is even funnier. Um, and then yeah, it come like I mentioned, like Jones and Elliot coming on. Jones gets the assist for that one, and then Harvey Elliott pops up with the with the winner in um, first minute of injury time. And I don't think I've, I mean, I probably say this quite often this season because we seem to be scoring quite a lot, a lot of like late winners, and we have in recent seasons, but. I'm struggling to remember a, a game where, or a moment where I absolutely just went fucking mad because it was like when you play that bad and you've gone through all that time, like you, like you're watching it going, "This is fucking shit." Like, what are we doing? What's going on? Everything doesn't, nothing's going right. And then you you score one, get back in the game, and you get one at the right at the end. And it's especially like I was made up. Salah got the first one, and but I'm equally made up that it was Harvey Elliott that got the second one as the, as a as a a nod to all the work that he's been putting in, not being, not being a, a a child like coming off the bench, like just being like mature and and getting on board with things. And we keep saying like he's boss coming off the bench, but I think that's like that might be a good thing. Like do you know what I mean? Like he, I think I can't remember who said it, but I think it might be Neil Jones or something. I think he was on Anfield Rap and he was mentioning about like <clears throat> when Origi used to come on all the time and he'd score goals and he'd never like throw a hissy fist and say, "Oh, I should be starting." He always knew that. He probably isn't going to start the next game, but that just galvanizes him even more. I keep saying the word galvanize; it's me, it's me word of the day. Uh, just go <laughs> with it. Uh, Harvey Elliott comes on, and it's if he can just keep up the performances, and hopefully, obviously, he wants to start games, and we want to see him starting games at some point, and I'm sure he will. It's because he's still super young. I think we always forget that. Um, but just a boss moment and a boss moment for Harvey Elliott and obviously a boss moment for us because we're early kickoff and you've got other games to come and we, we go top of the league temporarily and then we've we've stayed there because of the results. 
Yeah, you know, I'm I'm very pleased for Harvey because you know we we already said that so many times before as well. You know, he loves to play for Liverpool and play for the ship because he's a supporter of the club. But you know, came really young and he's still very young. Can't uh, can't forget about that. But you know, I think every time whether he starts or comes from the bench, he always having you know he always brings the energy and always brings the you know the power and that's what I like. So maybe you know still he's he's a little bit behind starting for us with the likes of Sober Slides, McAllister, Gavin Birch and even Curtis Jones. Um it's a great competition in midfield, which is, is good for everyone's development obviously and even for Harvey as well. But you know, to be one of them who just can come in from the bench in those moments and actually bring energy that we are lacking at the uh, at the moment. Uh I'm very pleased for him because he comes in, shows all the you know willingness to provide uh bringing the ball forward. He tries, you know, crosses into the box. He tries, you know, with the, all the kind of, uh, you know, p- p- quick passes and, you know, all that all that kind of stuff that we didn't have during the game in majority. So I really like that because that says something, even, you know, Curtis Jones, to be honest, like we should, like you mentioned, you know, of course, getting the assist for Salah because it was, you know, uh, killed in the penalty box. But, you know, they brought something on when they came in and that's what we needed. We needed something to change and we needed the energy and, you know, creativity that they brought. So also the, the goal that he scores is, is fantastic because it's a, it's a technical skill that you need to do to actually, you know, put it down in that corner in that way because he, he kind of tricks everyone that he's going to, you know, try to put it around the, the goalie, but then he goes into his clo- closest corner and he just dunks it in like it goes down very quickly. So it's not one of them that you just do. It's You need, you know, skills to do that. And yeah, I think, you know, to have him going forward to be able to, even if he starts certain games or comes in from the bench, he always provides something and he's only still very young. So I, I think the future is bright for him. If he could just continue to work what he, in the way that he does, learn from the players that he played with, like Mo Salah and others, and, you know, being polished by Jürgen Klopp and obviously wants to stay, I think he will be so very important for us, you know, in the long term as well. Massively, I think. Yeah, is he twenty? Like it's it's just mad because he's been here four years. Like we forget, like that he's still, still very, very young. And again, if he can start to turn those sub appearances into from the start, then yeah, we'd we'd absolutely love to see it. And again, like I said, we were early kick off, so a two-one win was just a boss start to the day. Like when when you've got an early kick off and you're dreading it and it goes so badly, but it ends so brilliantly. You're like right, straight on the bevy, straight to town, whatever. What's the <laughs> game? And you, there's no, there's no worries, there's no pressure that like, you can just forget about it. And then, of course, like the games unfold, and man, you get beat three 0 by Bournemouth, and um, it's just absolutely, just absolutely hilarious. And then Villa go and beat Arsenal, which again beat City, and then they beat Arsenal, and uh, it's just the job that they're doing. I mean, they've been going under. I mean, we've been mentioning them quite a lot. How, how good they're doing, but to go and beat Villa, uh, to go and beat City and Arsenal. And, consecutively is just again a, a massive yeah how good Emery's doing is unbelievable but just quickly I just want to re- talk about the league table just quickly because why not top of the league um, 16 games 37 points Arsenal are on um, 36 points you've got Villa on 35 um, Man City on 33 so 4 points I always just look how, how far away are we from Man City so plus 4 points over Man City at this stage of the season Considering we didn't know what was going to happen this season with new new style, new players and whatever, it's just it's ridiculous how good we're doing and long may I continue. 
Um, yeah, I just want to have more and more games. I, don't, I mean, I'm not not at this moment because I just feel like I'm still getting over the Palace one because it, like it was it sapped me of energy and it, in in like the worst way for the first like what seventy five minutes then and like the best way for the last fifteen. But I'm ready for like like we're going to talk about USG now and it's um what do, what do you think for that one? Because of course, like I mentioned at the start of the show, it's it is a bit of a dead rubber because the, the the group's done and whatever and. We're ready to go in the next round because we're top of the league, top of the group, so we won't be playing another game till I think it's the seventh of March, which is boss because we can forget about it completely and, and and wait for what happens in March, which seems a long time away. It'll probably fly around dead quick, but it it's, it still seems a long time away right now. Um, away to them, but I, <laughs> I mentioned like the average age of the lineup is going to be quite young. But what are you thinking? Do you reckon he will throw a few? Because if you play someone and they get injured, like the likes of maybe like a, I don't know, say a Gakpo or a, a, a Gravenberg yeah. or just, I don't know, someone like that who might get in and they get injured, God forbid, then there's obviously going to be outrage about it. But I think he's probably he's probably going to, he's probably got to, because he wants to win the, we want to win the game still. He can't go like full, like under 18s or under 21s or whatever. Um, But what are you, what are you thinking for this one? I hope that, you know, you always have to one way respect the competition, I guess. But at the same time, I don't want to risk anything ahead of uh, Man United uh, on Sunday because it's, you know, the biggest game of the season in terms of rivalry and obviously, you know, in, in, in the British game as well, to be honest. So I don't want to risk any one of the key players. There's, there's a few there you can throw in, but at the same time with McAllister being out now and maybe probably missing... Um, and United and Arsenal from the latest reports because of the cut uh, of his, you know, in his knee and stuff to make that heal properly. You don't want to risk, you know, other like Gravenberg, Curtis Jones, just come back and all that kind of stuff. You don't want to, you you still want to have them options to throw in in a game against Man United if it's a little bit, you know, hard or whatever in, in moments where we need that creativity and speed and even experience, if you like. So I don't mind if he's just throwing in the young kids to give them the experience in Europa League away game to, you know, let them show what they can do. So you know, uh, I, I don't, I don't really care if he, if he, you know, goes really, really young and let loads of maybe like even a few new players play as well. Because at the, at the same time, we we already threw in the in the in the competition and we have these massive two games coming up now against Man United and Arsenal at home we don't we, we shouldn't risk that because our aim and our goal should be you know six points at home against those two big big ones even if Man United are you know not going very well and just lost at home against Bournemouth and all that is still a derby if you like a northwest derby sometimes things like form and stuff goes out the window as we always say you know the cliche but, you know, they can actually turn up and give us a real fight if they want. I, I really do fancy us, though, like I do. But it's still Man United and you still need to go out and do the job. And I don't want to risk any players playing a, a game away, uh, you know, in the Europa League where we're already through. So let the kids have it. Yeah, I was just, I had a quick think about it before. And I was just thinking, like, Keller, you've got Bradley. You could go Quonset again. There's Chambers. There's McConnell. Um, there's Doak, of course, who I will definitely play. And there's like uh, Gordon who's come back from injury, so there's. I think you could maybe. I mean, I'd love to. I'd love them to go full kids, like full eleven, and then just have a few of the sprinkle of the like the uh, first teamers on on the bench, maybe just in case, and we won't need them. Hopefully, even if we lose, it doesn't really matter. And most of our eyes with the games that we've com- got coming up, and the plan, how thick and fast this festive period comes upon us, and we need to have everyone 
fit. Um, so yeah, I think those players will. I mean, even like the Nionis, like the kids who've come in recently, and I'm impressed that they can come in and give, just give them a go. Why not? Like, it, I don't think there's anything anything to lose really in that regard because all they can show is how good how good they are, and how how much they want to play for Liverpool. So you just go and say, go and go and perform, and, and we'll and, and show us how good you are, and go from there. Um, and yeah, especially with like the United game coming up, of course, that's going to be. I can't wait. Well, obviously, we're going to do a separate show on that one because we need to get ourselves fully pumped up, ready, <laughs> ready for that one. It's going to be a, it's going to be a massive one. It always is, but I feel like, yeah, looking at the table um, and whatever, it's it's one that again, like all these games after, all the games like after City, we need to build on that that point we got there, and, and we have done in, in a in a weird and proper mad way, but. We've got we've, we're getting the points over the line, which is which is the main thing. But um, yeah, we'll leave it there. We'll be back with another show talking about United and all all that other good stuff very soon. But Palace and USG coming up. Um, Palace boxed off, I say USG coming up, and then we go to United. So it's yeah, games are coming thick and fast. So Liverpool need to be ready for Sunday. I mean, I can't wait for it. I'm sure you can't. I'm sure everyone listening to this is fully pumped up. But we'll be back. I don't know what day. We'll be back, but towards the end of the week, probably where we we will look ahead to to Man United. But we'll leave it there. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to Christian as always for jumping on. Um, just before I go, I just want to give a quick shout out to Jack Design, like I do every every show. JackDesign.uk forward slash shop. If you're in the market for some, I can say the word Christmas now because it is that it is quite close now. So if you're in the market for some Christmas stuff. T-shirts, mugs, calendars, whatever you want. Get over jackdesign.uk forward slash shop. Enter the code COPY10 on checkout. Get yourself 10% off. So Jack's doing loads of boss stuff. Boss stuff. If you want to help him out and you can help us out as well um, indirectly by doing that, then yeah, COPY10 on checkout and get yourself some boss stuff. Um, but yeah, as I said, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to Christian and we'll be back very soon to hopefully discuss our... Um, and build up towards a massive game against the Manx. Up the Reds in a bit. I'm Jamie Carragher, and you are listening to the Cop Eye Podcast. Podcast Network.